0: I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price Tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. El nuevo Crispy Chicken Sandwich de McDonald's is. Cruyente.
1: Piernito. Es pollo en McDonald's. Un mordisco y... Wow. Es el nuevo Crispy Chicken Sandwich. Ordena por anticipado en el lab de McDonald's. pa 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 En McDonald's, participantes.
2: Welcome into DC on screen, your guide. Usually for the DC universe on film and television, we got a, a lot to talk about in this episode, I suppose. Um, this is uh, bleh, we've talked about it every once in a while. Um, the um, the fabled secret origins Q and A episode that we have been planning on doing and been asking you guys on social media, the social meds as they call it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, so. If you've never heard this show before, I guess this episode is going to be a great in- introduction to you, us and our show. Um, and so weird that you found it. So weird that you found it. Yeah. But um, I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. And uh, I don't I don't know how to start this thing.
1: <clears throat> I mean, Secret Origins Q&A, I think we've covered the, uh, the basis. Yeah. We normally explore uh, movies and television. Today, we're exploring the US
2: and movies and television
1: and movies and television
2: and graphic novel. We're talking about a lot of stuff. Here. A lot of stuff, and we may not. We may actually pose questions that we were given. At least acknowledge them, mm-hmm. and then move on because we don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to answer.
1: We're we're literally just going to go down this list and see what happens. So uh,
2: that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think this is going to be. Did you condense the Chris White questions? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no. this is going to be the Christopher White section, which makes sense because um he was pretty much our first fan, really. No, first first vocal one it was. Yeah, the first vocal no. one. All right, so uh Chris White asks, "What was your favorite uh, sorry, what was your first exposure to the DC universe?" Max Flasher. Um Tim Burton. Done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all that kind of swam together a little bit. I mean, it it's we're probably talking about,
1: you know, 29-year-old memories in both of our cases. Mm-hmm. Maybe plus. So, I the first thing I could recall is Max Fleischer.
2: The actual first Faster thing... than a speeding bullet. The first that. thing I actually recall is my mom being like, do 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 And she's like, Batman! And, like, the thing, but her going, do 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 It wasn't na-na-na-na-na. Nah, 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 nah. mm-hmm. And I just thought, like, all I could see in my head was, like, a little swirly thing from the Twilight Zone. And I thought, like, <laughs> Batman was real creepy <laughs> and scary. <clears throat> yeah
1: so you were perfectly set up for the dark Knight when you met him, yeah
2: um yeah, and then in eighty nine that movie came out, and uh she took me to go see that for my sixth birthday, yeah, uh, she and my dad took, and she was more excited than I was like we got in her little uh what was it uh <laughs> a little mons little red car <laughs> she said, let me get my get my Batmobile here, crank that up, and we were just laughing at her like, okay, mom,
1: All Right, yeah, um,
2: but yeah, so that was that was you know and uh, so on and so forth. mm mm-hmm. um, Chris says, what was the thing that made you love it? It was Batman.
1: I mean, have you watched these uh, these properties? I, I went back and watched Max Fleischer a few years ago. It was still fine.
2: Yeah, I have them on DVD. All 17 of the cartoons, they're amazing. They're fine. And, uh, I mean, I, I, hit, it. I found those in, like, a VHS bin shortly after... Uh, 60, uh, not 66, what am I talking about? 89.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know. Like, I know I've told this story before, but, like, I, uh, I, I saw those and I was so taken that I, uh, I got kicked out of my, like, preschool class for running around the classroom in a Superman cape. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I, you couldn't talk me out of that cape. No, I was, mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, it was a full body thing. I had the, the, the sure. whole blue and, the whole blue and red thing.
2: I had a, uh, blue floral blanket that I used to wrap around my neck and I called myself Super Dude.
1: You make do. You make
2: do. <laughs> and I had, like, a pair of goggles that were... Trying apparently. to avoid
1: copyright problems early on. Sure.
2: I did. It was weird. Yeah. I was, like, I, was I didn't even know about it, but I was like, mm, you can't be Superman. Not in this costume. Never
1: been a plagiarist in your heart.
2: <laughs> I had the little, uh, these little goggles mm-hmm. that were from my mom's heat lamp. Like, she had, like, a like a tanning lamp.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Okay.
2: And uh, I basically just absconded with her goggles and because I thought they looked like superhero goggles. Sure. And I wore those all the time because I thought I was something. You I ended up
1: looking like some weird, floralized Dr. Midnight.
2: Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I did look like just a character from The Tick. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> in your opinion, what is the most underrated story in the DC Comics universe? Thoughts?
1: Uh, Grant Morrison's Animal Man. Animal Man run.
2: Really? Yep. Grant Morrison's Animal Man? Because I think that's pretty heralded. Like, it's not mainstream, but everybody, you know, gives it the thumbs up.
1: Uh, it's got a lot of thumbs up, but. Of, of, like, of the ones I can personally vouch for and the ones that just haven't made it to the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've got.
2: Um, I don't know. I want to go and, and say the idiot route. It was literally like part three of that story was literally the first storyline I ever read of Batman. <laughs> like, I got like part three for Christmas. And it was the creepiest thing. It was like Batman, and he was running around and like. <laughs> There were, like, Aztec jungles or something. Wow. Maybe there were Mayans. I don't know. But there were, like... It was sort of almost a precursor to, like, an Inception type of idea because there were all these people who were called... uh, There was this creature, this, like, subconscious creature called the Idiot who was, like, feeding people this thing called the Idiot Root, and they were, like, addicted to it, but they were, like, in a hive mind or something, and they were, like, the surreal was, like, feeding into his power. He oh was, god he all right whoever sentient. wrote
1: this is a fan of carl young <laughs> i'm telling you that that is some id ego super ego freudian oh second yeah they nature. get all into that yeah, yeah absolutely yeah
2: and i just remember being a kid going it was like 99. carl young's
1: like one one consciousness thing like i promise right. you whoever did that is is a fan
2: and uh and i remember norm bray was the artist and i absolutely adored what he was doing mm-hmm. because he was playing a lot with the uh I mean, I, as an adult, I realized he was playing a lot with, you know, the uh, the like, symbolism of Batman and the fear aspects of Batman, but also, like, meshing that into, like, the subconscious mind. And, like, well, now because, I'm a little sold on this. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty dope, really. Like, and Batman has to take the route to go in and get the people out, and so, like, he, they're... He, Young made for bad psychology, but great fiction. <laughs> he winds up, he thinks he's got the people out, and then, like, they're going making a break for it, and... uh you just see, like, this great, like, Bray Fogle, like, panel of Batman with his eyes wide, like, no, it can't be. And, like, you see, like, the river, and it's just, like, Mayans in, like, 1950s, uh, 1950s um, automobiles, like, convertibles, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're, like, canoeing down this river in all these, like, 1950s convertibles, and he's, like, it's so idiotic. Oh, God. And he was still trapped in the in 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 the mind space of the idiot, and like the whole point was the idiot was slowly getting stronger and feeding on the subconscious or something of all these people, and he was slowly becoming like he actually does like show up in the real world. It was crazy, but like it captured my imagination as a kid.
1: And I'm I'm pretty happy with that storyline. I, I I'm interested now.
2: Yeah, and I was confused as hell because I was like. There's like this Mayan kid. I don't understand why he's like running around on a loincloth. Like, do they still do that now? Like, I feel and, like
1: if you had, if you had, if you'd taken like Psycho 101 and then read that, you would have yeah. been like, oh, this is amazing symbolism. But it was, this is pretty
2: much allegory. But it was
1: 91. So but I'm yeah.
2: <laughs> <You> were, yeah. <laughs> I was like eight or something. Yeah.
1: You were like, this is weird.
2: Right. I was like, is that kid Robin? What's happening? Mm hmm. So anyway.
1: Looking back, you went,
2: oh. But I've heard, like, you know, I, you don't hear a lot about it. But, you know, I've heard uh over the years a few people just be like, yeah, st- stupid idiot root <laughs> storyline. I'm like, you shut your mouth. <laughs> that brought me into a wonderful world. Fair enough. <laughs> Norm Brayfogle. <laughs> All right. So um what was your first DC collectible? It was, in fact, the... um Toy Biz, Gold Card, 1989, Michael Keaton, Batman, except he, he had the, uh, the round chin. They had like three different chins. Like, square chin, round chin, and the Michael Keaton chin. They actually kind of went the extra expense and made him look like Michael Keaton. Nice. Um, I had the round chin. And then at a later date, I had the square chin. Nice. those, I mean, one of those is still around. And then I, I also bought another one. But, um, it's still in the, in the box. But that was the first one.
1: Yeah. Mine was probably Happy Meal Toys.
2: Happy Milton's. Yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of those too.
1: Yeah, I bought. I didn't get collectibles so much as I did a bunch of toys.
2: Well, like, they're, I mean, they're action figures. I don't know. Like, my mom, like I said, it was my sixth birthday. She went to go take me to see Batman, and then like I came home and had a Batman bir- or like a Ghostbusters birthday party, that opened up a bunch of Batman toys. <laughs> so I, mean,
0: I
1: did. I have a ton of uh, like at the same time, I had a ton of Ghostbuster and Ninja Turtle stuff, and then me like, too. There was a there yeah. was like the smattering of Batman stuff in there mm-hmm. between.
2: Yeah. Before the multiverse, yep. <laughs> there was our toy box. hmm <laughs> Um, kind of a jump here. Uh, how did you learn about podcasts? Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais? really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I learned about podcasts. Um, back probably in 2003. Um, from a friend of mine, Russ McKinney. hmm He's a guy I went, I went to college with, and he was an older guy. He was really into computers, and he was like, "Hey, I'm going to show you something that's really cool." I was like, "All right." This is before YouTube guys, and he just started showing me these like he started showing me these these uh, these videos, uh, and this is how they they were calling them podcasts, and uh, they were video podcasts. And he's like, these are podcasts. They can he's like QuickTime videos. I mean they they were uploading them through Apple. So yeah, it was still these are like little, little yeah. QuickTime videos. Yeah, and oh he, man, and he was like he's like these this is a, it's called podcasts. They're a video and audio podcasts. And uh, these are videos, and he showed me Ask a Ninja. You ever uh-huh. see Ask a Ninja? No.
1: I remember the name. But
2: it was just a guy who was like, ha, ooh. he had all this advice, and about, and it was stupid, and oh. talk about being a ninja. Yes, and I they do. And they're very funny. I do remember those. And uh, at least to me in college, they were. Yep. And, um, and he was like, and uh, this is probably going to be the next wave of entertainment. He didn't see YouTube coming. Nope. Or Twitch or any of that crap. But um I was intrigued. I was like, How do you do this? He's like, Oh man, it's so complicated. You got like an RSS feed and there's like you gotta do this. I was like, Okay, I don't even know. But yeah, so um
1: No, all of that passed me by. I did um entirely different things and then like looked around and, and um <laughs> I just literally looked around and went, I can stream things? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 Found a few that I liked. All right, So, The Dark Knight returns and Killing Joke notwithstanding, what other stories would you like to see adapted to film or television? The idiot route. Yep. I really want to see Nightfall. Like, I want a, like a three part. I want, I want a like trilogy, a nice three
1: part series. I mean, like you have to be like a yeah. six hour story.
2: I would like an animated, like Bruce Tim esque, like maybe even like New Fifty Two esque, you know, but like three part like story that would be Nightfall, Nights In, and Night Quest or whatever it was. Night Quint, uh, Nightfall, Nights Quest, and Nights In.
1: All right. I mean, if I have three hours, I want Hush. If I have an hour and a half normal film, even on, like, DC animated, mm-hmm. direct-to-DVD, Kingdom Come.
2: I'd love to see Kingdom Come. Right? I really would. But I feel like like one of the reasons I wouldn't even say that, though, as my first choice is just because, like, there's no way that, there's no way they're going to duplicate that art. No, there's not a chance. I mean, that's one of the beauties <laughs> of it. But,
1: no, there's no way. I feel like you'd have to do something weird and kitschy to try yeah, I um, think the answer is to just absolutely commit to your premise and do it as an animated and never yeah. even try to try just to never do it. No. Like, never like get the same frames. Like mm. use the 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 staging and the blocking and the the composition of his pieces but don't try.
2: I think there's one way to do it. I really do. Rotoscope? Rotoscope. Rotoscope? Yeah. Like do like a scanner darkly with Keanu scanner Reeves type darkly, of yeah. thing. I think that'd be the only way like actually have the actual models that Alex Ross uses and use them as the actors. <laughs> you can bring it with a voice. Well, you could. No, you, could. No, you could actually,
1: you like, pull in that as, as 3D graphics and mocap the entire thing if you really wanted to. But yeah. yeah. Way too much trouble. Yeah. It'd just be easier to animate it straight out.
2: And it's still a powerful story. Mm-hmm. So. It is. Um, what was it about podcasting that made you go, hey, guy, I can do this? <laughs> He's referencing our web series, Hey, yes. Guys. Yes, yes. Um, we were already doing it and we didn't know it. <laughs> podcasting became easier. <laughs>
1: I mean, well, podcasting got to that point where it was like, well, crap, man. Is and, um, the
2: equipment got cheaper,
1: the equipment got cheaper, which, which made it something that we could actually do. But the, uh, really it got to the point where like you were, uh, you kind of.
2: I've been bugging you for like two years to do a podcast.
1: Well, you'd already talked to me about it several times. like, dude, we already do this. We stay up till like X, to X time in the morning just chatting about Batman. Like, why, mm-hmm. not, why not record it? Yeah. And, and we watch
2: all these shows. We look always, at the news.
1: I always thought we didn't have time. And then it finally got to the point where I had to admit like, no, seriously, we have time. I don't know what the hell I was thinking.
2: Yeah. I mean, all of the time that I just like call you up and I just, I I seriously did for years. Yeah, I would just either sit at the computer and talk to Jason when we lived together or just call him up. I had a girlfriend didn't.
1: or a fiancé or roommate or some whatever the heck was in my house at the time. And I'd be standing in the backyard, walking in circles, chatting to Dave about all this.
2: And I was literally on news sites just reading him the news and going, oh. Yeah. So, yeah, we were already doing it was the point.
1: <laughs> and um, it, the the technology got there and we kind of thought, well, let's, let's do it.
2: Yeah. Plus, it was a nice excuse to keep chatting once I moved out.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <sighs>
2: Uh, by extension, what about your podcast stands apart from the rest? What do you hope that listeners will take away from it? I, you know, I, I don't know. I, we're I, honest. I mean, I, I would hope a lot of them were, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think I feel, and I don't know, I don't listen to a huge amount of podcasts cause I don't have time. No. And uh, I actually um, do listen to a lot of podcasts, but you know, I don't want to listen to it about this. Well,
1: I, I really don't. I listen to it as, as much as I can. I listen to like original content somewhere else, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, um, God, I don't really want to listen to a lot of other opinions. Like, uh, yeah. I, I think you were talking to the Tim the other day that had the same, same opinion. Like you don't really want to. Yeah. Oversaturate yourself with other, other people's, people's takes opinions. on DC, yeah. you know?
2: Yeah. Tim of the squad cast. Yeah. And, um, um, and I still listen to those guys, but I listen to them like two or three weeks later than when they actually put out an episode. <laughs> yeah. See, I, like, you I don't want to like guys, go in but... and listen to
1: everybody that week and go record your thing. It's just, it's yeah. not, you're always filtering it through what you hear.
2: It's, and I did it at, at first too. And this, that's why, well, like, about 50 episodes back on the news episodes, you'd be like, you know, uh, you'd hear me say, like, well, Scott of the Squadcast thought this and this and this. I'm like, why am I <laughs> even saying that? I just got to stop listening to their, their show, like, up front. Yeah. Um, I, I, crazy. I,
1: the only thing I think we have, uh, that's different really is just the, um, I want to call it honesty. It's just, it's, it's just a lack of tact. We have a lack of tact <laughs> that other podcasts lack. Yeah.
2: We also uh, have a lack of uh, stubbornness in a lot of ways. I feel like.
1: Well, we do. Like if, if we change our minds, we say it, we change our minds. Yeah. And we've been called on it and had to defend ourselves. And it is what I mean, what we're it is people. You, you know, it, we're people. My opinion changes if if I'm convinced that I was wrong about that, I'll change it again. Shit.
2: Sometimes I'm not convinced I was wrong. Sometimes I just go, you know what? Maybe it's time to just not be such a dick. <laughs> You're right. You know, I don't know.
1: Uh, if I, I hope anyone takes anything away from it, it's um, that they should. Uh, contact us more about. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't if know. we're
1: wrong about something.
2: Yeah, if we're wrong. Let us know. I guess. I mean, and not not your opinion wrong, like literally factually wrong. <laughs> uh,
1: you know I'm good with your opinion wrong. Yeah, also, I'm
2: good with that. Just don't be a dick about it.
1: <laughs> every now and then, you know the most rewarding thing to hear is like I thought that and I hadn't. I didn't know I was thinking that until you said it. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the greatest things to hear. Oh yeah, those are amazing. Like those, like oh, I knew there was something wrong and you nailed it. Oh yeah. man, that's, that's that's a great thing. I did love that.
2: All right, so um, how did Dave and Jason meet?
1: Well, Dave and Jason were working at the same place at some time, and we both came in very hungover.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we um, we gave that look to each other that hungover people give, where there's this, like, quality of understanding where you both know that you're you're just going to be covering for each other as mm-hmm. best you can, but it was literally us two working this shift. So, I mean, it's not like a let's go hide in the back and let everyone do it. It's like a, okay, we got to get this done. Yeah. And, and uh, um...
2: It wasn't a pretty point in my life.
1: No. No. It was, uh... It was one of those, like... it. That was just what I called the normal hangover.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> it was, like, the regular amount of hungover at that, that period. And then, um... Yeah, yeah we, we kind of... Somewhere in the middle of, of getting through that, started badgering about different stories. Different television yeah. shows we'd, we'd enjoyed.
2: I mean, I guess, technically, we, we had met a little earlier than that, but, um... You know, I I had it on authority that he was that Jason was an arrogant ass, and I thought, hmm, you always seem like an okay guy to me, and like the two times that I've spoken to him briefly, yeah, we we'd literally had like, um, it turned out those reports were completely right, but that's what I loved about him, right? Because so, yeah. I'm that too, yeah. Because then the people who tell me like, hey, Jason's an arrogant ass, we're going to other people going, hey, Dave's an arrogant ass. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so this this third party that's the dick.
1: Okay, cool. Or it's this third part that's entirely right, but now we're in this group together.
2: Um, but yeah, like, I think there was like this amazing time, this amazing night where we just got off of work at the same time, and like we're hanging out by your car. And I started noticing you had a lot of books in your car, and I was like, "Oh my god, you've read that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's talk about that. Wait, do you watch this? Me too.
1: You know, as people do, we just kind of like bonded over. Um, I say as people do, as people that might be in the group of people that are listening to this. We bonded over the set of fictions that we loved.
2: Yeah. I think, sadly, one of those things was, like, you, like, looked at me one day, and you were like, hey, so, have you ever watched Fringe? And I was like, no. And you were like, well, they're doing a cool thing in season two. Are you going you, to ever watch it? I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it. was like, they're doing a cool <laughs> thing in season two. They've brought in a multiverse. I was like, ah. I was like, he just said Multiverse.
1: And at some point, you at uh, some point you you mentioned you asked me about Star Trek. I was like, no, and I I told you what I knew about it. I was like, but I need you to tell me what happened. And there was like uh, several hours of you explaining what happened in different parts of the Star Trek universe. Like
2: that's amazing. I wish I'd seen that. I didn't have time. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, like any friendship, it was a, it was a gradual thing. Um, but that's how we met. Essentially, pointfully
1: enough, we we bonded over a bunch of fiction.
2: Right. Uh, what was the worst DC comic storyline that you've ever read?
1: I, I really don't know. Yeah, it's a hard question to answer. It's
2: not for me. The idiot route. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it may actually be. I don't know. It. Um, it's possible. I.
1: I, um, I really uh, don't know. I, um, I mean, I, I every now and then I would pick, I would pick up some new Fifty Two stuff and just go, what, what what's happening here.
2: See, I don't, I don't want to harsh on the new fifty-two too much because I just want to because I was, I'm in my headspace. I'm desperately trying to defend the previous canon. So well, it's back now. So yeah, kind of. It's fine. But uh, I, I kind of want to say, you know, one of the first things that popped in my mind was fifty-two, not the new fifty-two. No, the actual fifty-two. Fifty-two. Yeah, yeah. where they like everyone went away for a year and then like the yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. shitty B villains or the B- uh, heroes run. Yeah, around. I like Booster and.
3: I, I enjoyed Montoya the booster
2: segments, but other than that, I couldn't care less. Really, Montoya was kind of cool. I like Montoya. Montoya. Cool. No, I like, Montoya. <laughs> like we said that at the same See? time. Like, Ooh, Montoya, <laughs> that's cool. Um,
1: anyway, I, it's it's hard to pick one of those out. Here's the reason, though, and it's it's just most it's things not with it's Ra's Ra's not cool. Yeah, most things. With, I, I would just guess like anything with the the Hawks. I'm sorry, I'm not a fan. Commandi. Anything with Commandi is probably the real answer to that. Um. But short of, like, us having a stereotypical hate toward certain characters, mm-hmm. it's really hard to pick out, like, one storyline. Because especially, like, sometimes you read thi- a thing and you don't like it and you just forget it because you didn't like yeah.
2: it. I mean, well, you know, the Hawks would have been a good candidate. Oh, I remember specifically the Ron Thonagar War was awful. It was an awful <laughs> side whatever. I don't even know what it was. It was awful. It was part of Crisis. Yeah, one of the Crisis. think <laughs> um, Infinite. But, you know, by, uh to, to be fair, though, you know, uh I, I guess it was the early aughts when Jeff Johns kind of came back and rebooted Hawkman. Like, the first several issues of Hawkman with Jeff Johns were probably one of, probably one of the best comic books I've read in a long time. Probably. So, it's Jeff Johns, but, you know. Yeah, so.
1: Certain characters I just um, care less about than others.
2: You know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, but I'll I'll throw Commandia under the bus. I know some people are going, Heresy! Yeah. You know, and uh Jack Kirby, don't do you have no respect? I'm sorry, I didn't care for it. I don't like Kamandi. Out of
1: several hundred characters, we're bound to disagree on a few things.
2: I don't like the dog man and commandi. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. My bad. You're stranded on an island alone. What five trade paperbacks or comic books would you want with you?
1: Um I'll go first. Watchmen, New Frontier, Dark Knight, Returns, All Star, Superman, and Red Sun.
2: Okay. I'm going to go um, Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, Kingdom Come, New Frontier, and Blankets by Craig Tompkins. Fair enough. Top- Thompson? Tompkins? I don't know his name. <laughs> Excellent book, though. Look up either one, one of those.
1: To some extent, I erred on the side of longevity <laughs> with, the, with those actual books. Yeah. But they're just bigger. I'm stuck on an just, island.
2: Yeah, they're bigger. And, yeah. You know, they all have really cool artwork. and oh, yeah. A lot of cool like layers in their stories. No, oh, I'm yeah. done with it. Um, let's say you were in charge of starting a new civilization and all you had to teach people were comic books. What would you use to guide their moral compass and instill values in them? See the previous answer for me.
1: (laughs) I would limit it to New Frontier because you can teach archetypes. Uh-huh. Um, All-Star, uh, not All-Star Superman. Oh, that wouldn't
2: be bad. All-Star Superman wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't Superman be for All Seasons wouldn't be bad either. Not either. Peace um, on Earth, I Peace think on Earth, Superman is what, is what I was going oh, yeah.
1: for. Um, just is this wonderful little book where Superman decides not to hit anyone, but instead just fix world hunger, mm-hmm. which would do an inestimable, inestimable amount of good. Um it's it's just a glorious little tale that's just heartwarming. Mm-hmm. So like you, Alex teach... Rawls and Paul Adini. Oh God, yes. Um, you you can teach like this huge amount of hope. You can use New Frontier to do archetypes, and then Watchmen would be my third because I can... <laughs> I keep swearing I could I could teach an entire class on ethics just based on Watchmen. Like, I mean, I've seen people try. Yeah, you you need to have like that depth of twisted morality to really mm-hmm. understand the. If you're gonna start. A civilization. You don't need to, to learn in year 250 that, hey, maybe someone can do the wrong thing for the right reason. Yeah. You need to know up front what might happen <laughs> if that happens.
2: <laughs> if I were the dean of a college and you asked to teach a an ethics class on Watchmen, mm-hmm. I would look down on you and whisper, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What if you won a contest and Jeff Johns came to you and asked you to help him recast the DCEU? Who would you change and who would who would stay the same? I, everybody that's, would say the same.
1: That's getting rough because Justice League at this point is looking great.
2: Mm-hmm. My, biggest, my biggest problem so far casting-wise has been Jared Leto's Joker. Sure. And it wasn't even the casting, it was just the direction he was in. And I would just kind of go with Grant Morrison's bit and say, hey... So you're Super Saiyan and, not Super Saiyan, calm down Dragon Ball Z fans, <laughs> Super sane, and you have different personalities, so let's just do that and change it up and wash that tattoo off of your head that says "damage." But if I had to recast, if it was a gun to my head um, and I had to recast like Batman and Joker, I'd say uh, Michael Fassbender as Batman... Alan Tudyk is the Joker.
1: Yeah. That's the only one I'd replace right now is Alan Tudyk is the Joker. Yeah. yeah. The only uh, backup Joker I would have is is Matt Smith.
2: Ooh. I'd be also happy with Tom Hiddleston, but I know it would be weird, but. <sighs> it, 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 he'd be fantastic. I just
1: think Matt Smith can <laughs> pull off that wonderfully lanky and the purple too. suit look, you know? I do too. Like, and God knows that. I think he could go crazy.
2: I think he could, sure. Yeah.
1: Sad though that we're only thinking about recasting the drug but I think that's just because know. everyone fantasizes about like who could play the Joker so many times.
2: Pretty much, and I'm I'm really happy with the rest of the cast though. I
1: don't think anyone's
2: made any real. It's not the cast.
1: That it's are not any the of my cast issues. that are the problems. Yeah, it's not.
2: <laughs> it's the writing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the direction of the story. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
2: what is your favorite comic? Who Who is your favorite comic book artist and writer? No idea overall. Um,
1: I mean, like Adams and O'Neill is always going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. currently it's Snyder and Capullo okay um but god you'd have to ask at a certain time
2: yeah um I really like um I really like Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale
1: oh that's not bad
2: um love long Halloween yeah love Jim Lee um it's just you know Al Williamson uh Bernie Wrightson like I just mentioned the swamp thing yeah um But I love so many different styles, man. It's hard for me to say, like, who my favorite comic book artist is. I love the hell out of John Romita Jr. Uh, uh, (laughs) But sadly, like, a question like
1: favorite for an artwork style, unfortunately, boils down to, like, who's best for this thing. Yeah. I I think you have to to yeah, know what's I hitting tone. and like real magic happens when like the writer is writing for a guy who knows how to draw that writer
2: yeah i think it's about tone i think i think you know It also sucks asking about the writer because i love frank miller in 1986 yeah but frank miller you know Few years later since maybe that third <laughs> sin city book oh my gosh what are we doing so uh alan moore I love a lot of his work. Yeah. He's kind of a dick. I And, I, I, yeah, one, and I mean, then once you get to Lost Girls, I dare you to try to read that and feel like a person. Right. Like, and it's not even... In a, it's, it's just... I don't know. Sometimes. I just... I don't know. Some of these people that I feel like are my favorites, then they do stuff, and I'm like, oh. Like, Chris Claremont, one of the greats, right? Wrote X-Men for 25 years. Came <laughs> back mm-hmm. in the early aughts, ruined X-Men for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... <laughs> Like, everyone's excited, we're like, oh my god, we're getting Chris Claremont back, and he's gonna have, of course he's gonna be writing Gambit, he created Gambit, we're finally gonna get the end of the storyline as far as, like, what he wanted for Gambit, and he's gonna bring back all these people, and Psylocke, and all that, and then he he just sucked, he just sucked.
1: it's rough like everybody has uh, if you're writing for long enough especially if you're writing in like a small time environment it's not small time sorry that's the wrong word and in a um, small time frame environment like Mm -hmm. comic books where you have you really don't have a ton of time to get your story out a lot of the time you you may or may not hit gold I mean you may have a bad month dude and then you may have a month that's absolutely brilliant
2: yeah I don't know but uh, that said I am really amped for Scott Snyder's Metal with Greg Capullo I'm
1: straight <laughs> I mean, right now uh, Snyder's on top of the pile.
2: All right, what is your least favorite comic book artist and writer? No idea. Can't all even, of the people I ask. said I love on a bad day when they when once they've got gained a notoriety and moved on to their own original things and then come back like 15 years later, they all suck. <laughs> um, the only person I haven't I, I, the only person I feel like I can still trust is Mark Wade <laughs> and Jeff John so far. Uh, in your opinion, why is it so hard to make a good Superman video game or any superhero game for that matter? Um, I, I don't know anything about making video games, but uh, I would guess the um, the engine has to be just right. I think that's probably one of the reasons that the Arkham games are so special is because they understood the mechanics of the... Um, Of the Batman universe and how that character should move and feel with Superman is going to be a lot harder because, you know, he's Superman. You're going to have to depower him a lot to make anything worse. That's one of the main things. And plus, his villains suck. Like, you got Lex Luthor, Brainiac, Metallo. That's about it. Like, the best
1: Superman game you could really design is pretty much a puzzle game.
2: (laughs) They did that. It was called Shadow of Apocalypse. It was based (laughs) on the Bruce (laughs) Timm, Paul Dini uh, universe. I'm serious. It's real. I mean,.
1: That's 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 pretty much the best you can do. It was a lot of fun. You got to sh-
2: hit some. Dudes. You can't make it a physical game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to hit some dudes, but that was like a little thing, and then you'd yeah. have to like, you know, some big thing would be happening. You'd have to like pick up pieces and fly it up and figure out where to put them and yeah.
1: stuff. Like with Superman, uh, in particular, it, a lot of what he deals with. This is one of the reasons I love him so much. It's a moral dilemma. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he deals with most of the time. Is a moral dilemma. Like, what does a god do, a demigod, whatever you want to sure. call him at the time. In a land of of uh, real mortals, and it, like that's not something that translates very well to a game. It doesn't. Like it, you can probably make it a good. You know they have these new series of games where it's like uh, choose your own adventure kind of things. Mm-hmm. You might actually be able to make it a cool one of those. But then you'd right. still have the complaint of well, there's no action here. Yeah. So if you did one of those every now and then, like the best I could pitch is if you did one of those games where it's like choose your own adventure, but part of your adventure was like, do you. Hit this guy so hard his head implodes? Or do mm-hmm. you do you draw your hand back and threaten him instead, you know? Right.
2: You know, I'm sure there's a way to do it. If, if at any time in history you could ever make a, a plausibly interesting Superman game, it would be now. Yeah. And you fingers would, crossed. You, you would just have that.
1: to depower him a little bit. It'd be like a rewarding thing when you're Superman at the end. You'd probably have to, like, switch off powers where you have this or that for other reasons. Like, you'd have to rewrite a little bit of how Superman works to do it, I think.
2: Um... Maybe.
1: Because, I mean, think about it. Injustice uh, is a great game, but that's sure. not Superman. He didn't have a power bar right. like everybody else, you know?
2: <laughs> I mean, he does.
1: It's not the same size as everybody else's. is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Josh McKay. Thank you, Chris, for all those questions, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, Josh McKay over at, on Twitter says, um, What made you guys d- decide to start a podcast slash YouTube channel in the first place? Which, that's kind of already been answered, but the YouTube channel thing was a thing that I started in, what was it, 06? Well before I met you. Yeah. Um And I made, like, I was actually making a feature film. I was trying to make a feature film. Mm. And um suddenly, like, everything fell out from underneath. Like, the floor just bottomed out. <laughs> and everyone that I was actually, like, planning on having in this thing, like, got married and moved away and or decided to, like, just randomly get, have a career somewhere. And like, ah, gotta hurry. And I wound up writing one scene mm-hmm. uh, to fruition, and just realized, you know what, it doesn't even involve the people who are moving away. <laughs> so I shot that because I still thought it was funny, and that was uh, called the Drifter. And mm-hmm. it's been it had to be taken down and reuploaded because you know for some reason I was convinced to put some copyrighted music in there because ah. in, the, in those days it didn't matter so much, and then like three years later it mattered. So YouTube took it down, yeah. and now it doesn't matter again. Yeah. Now they just say, hey, we'll just take some money out of the thing, and whatever. But <clears throat> um, it was called The Drifter. It's it's on. It's online. You can find it. Uh, David C. Robertson on YouTube. But we did a bunch of, like, I was very inspired by the Ask a Ninja. Mm. And did these, like, curmudgeon's perspectives. Were like, that's what it was called. And it was like a takeoff of these articles I used to write for my school paper, where mm-hmm. I would just, like, rampantly bitch about random things. It was supposed to be comedy, but apparently nobody took it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started doing comedy sketches with Matt Carroll, the MCU cast, and then I met Jason and thought he was one of the funniest people I ever met. And he had aspirations for writing as well, so I started making uh, videos with him. And of course, that just you know, it's a lot of work to to do those, and it's hard to get everybody sat down and with lighting and everything, and eh, you know.
1: I mean I I love the the flattering comedy. And everything. Uh we got we got stuck together and we both wanted to um write things. So <laughs> Is um, that how
2: you remember it? Yeah. I've got so I've was, been stuck with a lot of people and I didn't want to write things with them.
1: Yeah, but um you know, we we wanted to write some stuff and uh Yeah. had access to a camera, so you know, the poor rest of the world had to
2: Yeah. actually so you guys have 167 videos floating around online yeah, to, if you want to go to check those with. out. Um <laughs> And there may be more someday. Uh, <laughs> I still have ideas. I still want to do. Oh, I still want to do. I do, know, those I do too. It was still a really fun project, things. man. I think it, variety I, shows are my, one of my favorite things ever.
1: It was fun. We uh, that
2: they don't get many views. Just some of them do.
1: We just had that like challenge. Like two days before Halloween, we were like, "You want to do a thirty minute Halloween special?"
2: Yeah, we did a thirty minute Halloween special. <laughs> Let's see if we can just make thirty minutes happen. <laughs> yeah. So um, it
1: was ridiculous, but uh, we had fun doing it, man.
2: Um. You know, I think the podcast we have a lot of fun. You know, for me personally, I always felt like doing a podcast could parlay into more opportunities somewhere along the line. You know, you talk about comic books enough, they'll you know <laughs> call you up and go, "Hey, you sound like you know your stuff." Sure, you want to write a thing? I mean, look at Kevin Smith. You know, why and you, not? And maybe that probably won't happen, but you know, uh, I have fun talking about all this stuff, and I'm going to do it anyway. So yeah. might as well. And
1: actually. Uh, to be honest, to, like on a day-to-day basis, w- this is way more rewarding than like
2: than the videos. Oh yeah, I don't I don't feel that way necessarily. No, I
1: like it's just the, different. Seeing the finished product of a video is mm-hmm. really rewarding, but like for the for what you put into doing a podcast and like yeah. getting to talk to everybody, way more rewarding.
2: Yeah, like well, you know, if we'd had like a niche. With the videos, maybe we would have had fans that talk, to talk oh, to. Oh, that would have been great, yeah. <laughs> Instead, we made an improvised web series about two old guys <laughs> where the camera never moved. And it does have a story. I swear to God, it has a story, guys.
1: It has a weird,
2: um, but, kind of fun
1: story, actually. Um, completely improvised over, like, six years. And
2: it's not just me and Jason. It's me and a few other guys. Like, But there's a story to it, and it's weird. And, I don't know, if you decide to go on that journey, it'll only take you about three hours to watch the entirety of it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh... Godspeed, and I suggest drugs. <laughs> I, I have no such suggestions. I'm willing to go there. If you have questions, which you will, you can you can message me. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: <laughs> if you have
2: questions about split drugs, stealing the I'm remote, open. <laughs> our friend Eli Opelters, uh of stealing the remote, which is a phenomenal little podcast where he forces his mom to watch <laughs> to watch movies he likes, and they do a podcast about it. Right, right. There's several in now. They've done Suicide Squad and BVS and Memento and a whole bunch of stuff. It's really oh, good. This is getting good. Um, so he asks, so if you wanted to make your respective mothers watch one movie <laughs> that you think they would be forced, they should be forced to see, which one would it be? I, look, I would
1: make my mom watch Ghostbusters. Uh huh. The first Ghostbusters. Because she watched it so many times over my shoulder when I was like, 4 years old that if she saw it one more time it might drive her to the edge of insanity. Mhm. And that to me would be funny. <laughs> but for, you know, for Eli's sake I would suggest Shaun of the Dead. Right. I think that's I think that's the next one you you make your mom watch is some British guy killing a bunch of zombies.
2: Yeah. And that would be perfect because Eli's mom is very um she always like complains that the Americans are too violent.
1: Ah, no. No. There's a Carnetto series of three violent movies. <laughs> yeah, plenty of plenty, plenty of, of stuff violent. to tread on there. But to buddy. be
2: fair, they are paying homage to American films. They are, yeah, <laughs> pretty much paying homage to. Yeah. It's... Um, the, that answer for me. I've already made my mom watch it, and that was uh, the Big Lebowski. Ah, good. How'd that go? Yeah. Good. Um, she thought she would hate it because she'd heard it for years when I would live there, like when I was a kid. Ah, because uh, yeah, I just went and bought that. And, uh, but then I made her watch it and she was like, yeah, it was good. It was funny.
1: All right. Yeah. Like the only other one I can think of would be like where the Buffalo room. Oh, because I have no idea how she'd react. I mean, she liked to Murray. <laughs> yeah. She did. But you know, where the Buffalo room is a very kind of specific and you just show her broken not- flowers. <laughs> just <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I wouldn't do that to anyone.
2: Lost in translation.
1: Wouldn't do that to anyone I shared blood with. <clears throat>
2: Alright, um, so yeah, you guys should go check out Stealing the Remote. It's a fantastic podcast. Tim Yoko of the Suicide Squadcast asks us, Just how awesome is it for you guys to be friends with the Suicide Squadcast guys? The awesome. It is the awesomest. And uh, he says, My real question is, Would a Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline several years from now be too confusing for the general audience? Any more than it was for the original? Here's the thing. I personally think they should do like Crisis on Two Earths or at the very most Crisis on Multiple Earths. Uh huh. Um, you know, just to, just to like dip the toe in and they should limit it somewhat Which medium though
1: like, are we talking about here? I'm talking about film. Okay.
2: DCU? Okay. Yeah. But I'm saying they should bring in, they should actually do the DC TV stuff. They should like do a truncated version of it. Don't even bring in the anti-monitor. Oh. Make it about like Owlman. As you know, played by uh, some Fassbender, maybe I don't know who, sure. who knows. <laughs> He's like the the quintessential that I keep thinking of. It's just like I need to see him in a cowl. Honestly, the way Rebirth's doing it, do it as Patrick Wilson. <laughs> yeah, could do Patrick Wilson. Could do Orm. Yeah. Um. But half a multiverse story, do a Flash dying story, but also you need to like there needs to be. I need to see Michael Keaton. I need to see you know an Adam West possibly. Uh, need to be
1: a lot of cameos. This yeah. is like an if we make it 15 years kind of story, I think. Mm-hmm. If you've been following this mm-hmm. for more than a decade, like you've learned to drive. Yeah. In the time like it, you were born.
2: I'm thinking 10 years. Now you can drive. No, I mean like 10 well, years is like. Give me a like, Justice League, a Justice League 2, and then let's do this. No, no, no. I'm, th- I'm I, thinking longer 15, than 15, 20 years is when you do Infinite Earths. <laughs> <laughs> And just start making one of your movies a crisis movie. No, I was thinking like
1: for every for year? Me, like fifteen years is the Infinite Earths. Every two years, yeah. It, like it, you, it, an
3: identity crisis. There's
2: you've established crisis. everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do your Infinite Earths. Do your, uh-huh. do your do your identity crisis around twenty.
2: Yeah.
1: And then kind of rewrite your final crisis around uh, twenty-five.
2: But my point is, if but you f- you,
1: pos- you couldn't possibly do because everyone would be so.
2: Yeah. My point, though, is um, if you, in fact, do a situation where you're only bringing in the screen interpretations, I don't think it would be too confusing. No. Now, I, you know, as far as we know, they can't even get, like, a singular storyline within one universe correct. Sure. They can't figure out how to edit that Yeah. to make it work. So w- w- there's some growth to be had. Yes. But I don't think that it's impossible. If they take out Pariah and the Animonitor and all this weird... BS. I mean, I did love the Pariah part. Well, sure, I like Pariah and Psycho Pirate and look, 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 we we can't get off into that.
1: Carpenter and everything. All I'm saying.
2: (laughs) I think it's doable. I think it's doable and I think Jeff Johns is the man to do it if if that is is the case. It could be done. I think you just do it through the Flash. And I kind of want to see the Wachowskis direct that. I don't know. Maybe. I actually, I'd love to pull the Russos. Mm, I don't know. I do. You know what I want? And they never do it. What? They would never do it. I think I know who you're going to say. Go ahead. I want the Coen brothers. I thought, I thought you were
1: going to say the Coen brothers. Yes.
2: I want the Coen brothers somewhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, for, an, I had for my a, say, a crisis, I thought. Yeah. No, not for the crisis. I would say oh, you for like the question or something. Really? Ooh. That would be great, actually. Wouldn't it? Yes.
1: Like they would end that in some way where you never know what the question was. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they could call it Aquarius Man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It would ostensibly be the question you'd never know. (laughs) Yeah. That would be solid. Anyway. That would be solid. Moving on.
2: Um, Rick's story, and I'm assuming this is somewhat of a joke, it says, how does it feel to steal Suicide cast competition idea? Mm. Um, And I felt like including this one, even though Tim already stuck up for us, um, you know, we had had ideas for giveaways. We did, we did giveaways before, and then I'd had a similar idea about the trade paperbacks and the Blu-rays, and then uh became aware of them, and then realized they were doing that. And I felt <laughs> like, oh, it's not cool for us to do unless I ask him about it. Yeah, you you literally said, "Do you do you mind if we do this?" Yeah. So I was like, "Hey, man, you know, you know, can we do? we're, we're going to add Blu-rays and DVDs to it. You guys just do the trade paperbacks." And he was like, hey, you know, just don't call yourself Suicide Squadcast. And I was like, man, that seems fair. That's fine. I'm good with that. So uh, with with Tim's blessing, you know, uh, we like a lot of stand-up comedy. Like, we don't like plagiarists. No. So you, um, know, you go to the person who was doing the bit first, not whoever thought it up first. If you find out somebody was doing the bit first, you go to them and say, hey, man. Um, To plagiarize a little,
1: I'll say I feel fine. I sleep well.
2: Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that giveaway is over, so. Screw it
1: all.
2: <laughs> so, um. <laughs> so Rick's, Rick actually also asked us, uh, whose idea was it and how did it go uh, as far as the podcast goes? Whose idea was it and how did it go when you first launched? Well, we've already talked about whose idea it was. It was mine. Mm-hmm. It was my constant badgering yes. for two or three years. No doubt. Uh, was it popular straight away or did it take some time to, an effort to gain the following it has now? Um, it was not popular straight away, probably. I mean, I guess we could say it was. And as far as we were getting traction, uh, like, I don't think we ever had a week where it, like, went down.
1: No, I mean, we, we trended up, but not, I, I mean, it, it, we didn't have, like, an exponential rise of any kind. This was, right. yeah. This but was a, it, it it was a slow down. crawl. It didn't go down. That's to where we are.
2: Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, I, you know, I'm always going to say it's popular now because that's just me. I'm, I'm never going to be happy. If we had a million listeners tuning in every episode, I'd still be like, what are we reaching? But we're not getting that continent, you know, <laughs> like it was, it's always going to be that for me. And that'll be the way I am until I'm dead. Probably. Yeah. Um,
1: no, I'm not like, I'm happy for everyone we've found, but wait, uh,
2: there's, um, plenty of room to grow no yeah, doubt there's plenty of room to grow and it's, it's also like i don't want to I, I don't want the, the misconception floating around that isn't you know somehow just like well here's a pile of crap we said and we're gonna sit back and watch it grow like <laughs> no, it's, we, it's been a lot of hard actively
1: work. try to promote it and it's been a lot of hard to work. get out there and try to talk to people
2: there's a whole lot of stuff for the social meds and the and the actual behind-the-scenes stuff. And it's we're very still selfish. getting into all that. The, the, the point know. is,
1: it's really rewarding to get out there and like, talk to people and actually like, have a conversation back. That's, yeah. that's the reason we're doing
2: this. No, yeah. We don't get paid. Like that, I mean, we have ads and we are starting to get paid now. That, like We have a little bit of money, <laughs> but it's not like... <laughs> Because like, what you just did was you made like a whole bunch of people go, bullshit, I hear those ads.
1: Like, no one's... And we have No ads. one's quitting their job. We do no. this because it's... Of, Neither
2: one of us are quitting our job. We do this because it's rewarding. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We like talking to people. It is a lot of fun. We like talking to you guys. Uh, but it is a lot of hard work as well. It's a lot of time. No one's quitting their job for a long
1: time. Probably
2: not, no. Um. <laughs> uh, so Scott of the Suicide Squad cast says, gun to your head... What are each of your personal top three episodes of all time of the DCAU? You may mix and match all series on the table. And, of course, that that includes Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Batman the New Adventures, uh, Static Shock, uh, Zeta Project, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Did I say Batman Beyond, Batman Beyond, if mm. I didn't say that. Um... I kind of feel like they're all going to be from the original Batman the animated series for me. I really love Epilog. Epilog is in my top 3. Um, to. But it would be like a top 5 for me. Like if it was like a top 5 it'd be like Epilog and that episode of Superman where Darkseid kills Dan Turpin. <laughs> you know, and you're like, "What?" That was good. Um and maybe that episode of Superman with like the cop doesn't realize, like figures out like as he's getting uh, the gas chamber that Clark Kent a Superman. Was oh, that amazing. was really good. Yeah, um, but it doesn't stand up to like you know Over the Edge or even even further back. you no, know. No, Over the Edge is in the top three uh, for me. Uh, over the Edge, Epilogue, and God help me, what is the
1: uh, what is the Batman Beyond episode where um, everyone goes silent? Shriek, Shriek. Thank you. I love Shriek. Eh? Top you know. three, yes, because it's one of the moments where like like. M- mcginnis finally becomes like the guy who is willing to sacrifice himself for the city
2: it does have like that badass bit of the end where like, he, was, he like, was
1: finally the guy who was willing to be batman
2: yeah you know which is i believe it's the same episode is that the same episode where shriek is trying to get bruce wayne to kill himself or is that a separate episode later i think that was a later episode okay i love that like I, the, the whole episode is like man all right shriek's pretty great the, light, the very end villain. when he's like trying to you know he's like why did you know that it wasn't you he's like because the voice called me bruce that's not how yeah. i call myself in my head. yeah yeah um, but, uh, I, I, if I'm going top three, I'd probably go all three for reals on the original, uh, animated series. Uh, there's no harm um, in that. Perchance to dream is got, has got to be Solid. one of those. Um, geez, I don't know. And probably just pick any two Joker episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Joker's favor, fine. Joker's I mean, favor is probably one of the ones that probably. I remember the most of. The Man Who Killed Batman, maybe. Uh, great. I like, Joker's be in the top ten of the You know anybody. what? The April Fool's uh, Joker trash episode. I don't care for that much.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, except me. You killed Captain Clown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites.
1: Oh, it was the introduction of like some music that uh, they used for the rest
2: of the <laughs> series. <laughs> that no, that no. was the. Uh,
1: dum 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 dum. Yeah. I'm
2: pretty sure that was just that episode. Ah, uh, they used it a few times. I don't know. It came around. <laughs> I listened for that one. But, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, oh my gosh, whatever that, whatever, I can't remember the name of the episode, I never can. The episode was, like, and it's a weird one, I hated it when I was a kid, but I loved it as an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, in retrospect, the one with, like, uh Arnold Stromwell is going after Thorne, because he thinks Thorne has taken Stromwell's kid. And, you know, Thorne is like, come on, Arnie, you know I don't mess with family. And then it turns out that his son is like a junkie and his wife like takes him and she's like yeah he got hooked on the crap you're pushing but and then like he's like dealing with his like sins and stuff and it's like his brother his older brother Mikey is a priest now and he like walks with a limp because when they were kids like Arnie like stole some stuff and then uh he was walking on the train tracks and the train was coming and he got his foot stuck and like Mikey oh, saved yeah, him yeah. Oh my god, that's such a good episode. That was one of those where like I, I'm
1: usually turned off by the mob episodes. And then I somewhere in the middle of that, I went, "No, this is good." Yeah, that <laughs> this was a good. powerful episode.
2: I love that episode. That, that one's kind of
1: early though. Uh, kind of. Like
2: I think that was volume one. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't it's volumes <laughs> hard to. No, it's really hard to. Don't please I don't, don't hold volume. us accountable for any of that. But uh you know, hard of ice, dude. I don't. I mean, oh, how god, do you Heart pick of three? Ice. How Jesus. do you pick three, Scott? Yeah. That's on you. You said three. <laughs> Pull the trigger. That's my uh, point. <laughs> you know how to say this guy's name? Jeffrey Serbosik? Is that how? The Feej? I'll say The Feej. You know who you are, Jeff. I, I'm sorry.
1: I just... I never have. Yeah. Jeffrey. I've always just thought of him as Jeffrey.
2: Yeah. Favorite non-DC movie and TV show. Movie Blue's Brothers, TV show Firefly. Jason? Uh, movie Shaun of the Dead, TV show I will not pick between Space Firefly and Studio 60. Oh, Firefly is better than both of those. I won't pick. That's fair. They're both so- they're all solid. <laughs> they're all solid as hell.
1: Well, again, pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Studio 60 a little more than Space for me. But just only because they do that 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 flashback too many times. A couple too many times of of Brian? Of Brian with his artistic thing. Yeah, I, I process. that still. Every time. I mean, it was fun, but, you still know. Still liked it. That was good. I still think Firefly and Studio Six are better than that, but.
1: <sighs> not by much if they are. Not Especially much, for their not time. Not by much. Like, space for when it was.
2: I yeah. mean, if you want to start it right now, I'd go see it. But, mm-hmm. And you know what? But, hey, here's the thing. We're on the TV show for me, Rick and Morty is quickly beating it out. God. It's gaining steam on all of that. It's on
1: everything. I know. So we have too many to choose from and how dare you.
2: I'm still going Firefly. Still going Firefly.
1: Yeah. Firefly sixty, man. I, I can't.
2: <laughs> Matthew Ryan Cronin asks us, exactly verbatim, why do you assholes hate Deathstroke? I don't know what he's talking about. I don't about. know. I, I I don't have any idea. Well what he's we
1: talking we, about. we often say that we don't really care too much
2: about him. I don't hate him. Because he just kind of, I don't know, he's just kind of a mercenary dude. I mean, I'm kind of interested in, you know, the relationship he has with his kids, but then you turn around he's sleeping with a 15-year-old Tara, and that's kind of creepy, and I don't know.
3: Yeah. I mean, and, and also it's... the
2: comics have never been, honestly speaking, the comics have never been happy enough with him to give him, like, one consistent backstory or motivation like sometimes he's kind of an anti-hero sometimes like you know there are different ways he loses his eye and then there are different ways that he... <laughs> I, I just don't care man i just don't care like he's a little all over the place he's kind of just i think he could be really cool and in some cases
1: is i um, don't know what to do with him a lot of the time is it, is where like i don't know how to feel about him <laughs> i just don't i don't know what to do with him
2: i think that's okay i mean i just i don't i don't really know i don't hate him yeah Jason Smith uh, has a number of questions for us. Uh, DC property that has not been made or in development that you most want to see made? Uh, probably Booster Gold and Blue Beetle or yeah. Ambush Bug. No, I said before, Kingdom Come. I'm good with that. Kingdom Come? Yeah. I would much rather see a, a movie about Booster Gold and Blue Beetle than Kingdom Come. Nah, I think we are good with my choice there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, capes. Cool fashion accessory or outdated life hazard. The people who have capes, I'm good with having capes. And the people who don't, I'm good with not having them.
1: Fictionally, awesome. In reality, you're going to die.
2: Yeah. But if you're Superman and, you know, like a jet engine grabs your cape, they're just going to rip you rip it off of you. And you're going to be like, oh, okay. Well, well you're just going to down the jet. Dun, da, dun, da, dun.
1: Well, depending on the version well, he's of Superman, there to save it, it he's might not just, even he's down the rip
2: sa- the cape. It
1: might just, he's, like, yeah,
2: get caught up, down the jet. And he's like, oh, sorry. He's not going to down the jet. He's there to save the jet. Oh no, it's fine. But you know, It'll be all right. Um, also, a
1: lot of pilots can take it down with one jet. Apparently,
2: <laughs> one engine.
1: One engine, yes, sir. Um, I I believe that. Yeah. Scientifically, but if you told me that while I was falling to the ground with with one engine, I, mm-hmm. I just I'd be I'd be pissing myself.
2: Yeah. Apparently, you know. Uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, some uh, article writers i don't know some authors bloggers whatever you want to call them have now gone from armpit hair to uh how her hair is how wonder woman's hair is always perfect and i'm like guys how is batman's cape always perfect because it's batman's cape it's wonder woman's hair come on i've never seen henry cavill's hair out of shape no i mean a little bit but he was all scruffy and listening to chris cornell even then the top
1: of his head was exactly what it was supposed to be
2: yeah so i mean you know i mean that's just a thing that's a, a movie convention you know, who among us didn't kind of cock their head to the side in Star Trek Generations when the Enterprise D crashed and everyone flew about and Riker stood up with blood on his face, but his hair was perfect? I mean. What are you going to do? Powerful hairspray, guys. Moving indigen. Aquanet works for the stars. So for me, like, capes, if they have a cape, cool. If they have a, you know, weird short jacket from the 90s, cool.
1: I'm just saying, like, at a Comic Con, yeah, you may die.
2: You may die. In
1: fiction? we're good here
2: yeah so i'm good uh best dc drinking game so we go clickbait based like how many nope. times they attack the sh- no nope. for <laughs> mine these
1: all these are revolver and arrow
2: oh god oh help us
1: all right so a few seasons ago a couple seasons ago it used to be every time you heard Laurel sarah <laughs> you're clipping so bad man <laughs> damn right i am um yeah. That, yeah. that was, that was your oh, drink oh, time.
2: My babies.
1: Oh, my girls. My girls. Every time you heard Quentin limit his, uh, children in yeah. some fashion, that was your drinking game.
2: Or for me, every time, uh, Diggle told Oliver to lie. To lie.
1: Yeah, about something. And now, it's every time, like in this season, it's been every time someone in Russia actually takes a shot. Just take a shot with them. Yeah. You'll be pretty frickin' wasted by the end yeah. of the episode.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Anatoly, like, Uh, as far as I could tell, Anatoly had about 12 shots and then went and shot down about 14 men. No problem.
2: Yeah. Uh, For The Flash, uh, I would say the drinking game on that show is... um, (laughs) Anytime Joe, any Tom Cavanaugh, or Cisco makes me believe in the stupid-ass plot because of Charisma. Oh, of I would their just go. If
1: it was Flash, I'd just go with Cisco pop culture reference. Bloop.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, you'll be like, "This is an awful, stupid thing that should never happen." And Joe's like, "That don't make no sense to me." And I'm like, hey, "You, you want it for <laughs> There's me, a Joe. shot?"
1: No, but like, uh, I if, if, believe in uh, it now. You could probably have about six shots uh, an episode of, uh, and this is six shots in about forty-four minutes or an hour, depending on uh, how you're watching it. Mm-hmm. You get pretty drunk by the end of a Flash if you just do it every time Cisco says, "Like thou shall not pass."
2: Well, he's only said that once.
1: No, well, I know. <laughs> but every time there's a pop culture reference, yeah. you're
2: going to get pretty dry. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Uh, do you feel comics and comic movies have abandoned kids? With a shift to more adult stories and more R rating, are they abandoning what could be their future audience for an aging and fading one? No. No. I think there are plenty of versions of these characters for children. Sure. Um whether they be on a streaming online, like the Superhero Girls. Um, Cartoon Network has plenty of uh, family-friendly things. And if you don't believe that, then that's a problem with you. There's plenty
1: of stuff that's like, still for the younger generation. You I'm yeah. just... <laughs> well, I don't just... want to talk to Jason either. There's plenty of stuff that's like, uh, using the characters, that it's sure. a younger generation that's going to grow. It's actually more impressive that the characters are growing up mm-hmm. right? because they were born in an era where they weren't supposed to ever go up and then mm-hmm. they started to for half a second and then the comics code authority happened and the you know the age of uh, the what seduction of innocence happened and right. everything there's 15 20 years of silence there and then they finally got to do something like yeah it's more impressive that those characters have sustained themselves than it is the fact that like we're in a video game generation where mm-hmm. you know we're 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 the we're we're one of the first generations that has video games as like the heart of our time.
2: What's weird to me? We've spent a lot of time on yeah. video games, you know. And you know what's weird to me is that like people our age, yeah, are and this is this is who I keep hearing it from. People our age are like, oh, comic books have moved beyond, and like now they they you can't be a kid and watch it. Are you kidding me? There's plenty of material. For I was that. six years old when I saw Batman eighty nine. That didn't scar me. <laughs> I mean, maybe you no, did. I, I mean, you listen to the podcast; you'd be the, the judge of that. But at the same time, like, yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, everyone, yeah, everyone, I take mean,
1: responsibility for your own shit here. Yeah. But I, I was fine.
2: Yeah, I didn't. I really, was fine. It. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I, I get aggravated. Then again, I'm a not happy with,
1: with the, myself uh, overall, so I don't know if I
2: was fine. But you know, I was right, fine. Right. 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 <laughs> um, I think at some point when we get to about our age, mm-hmm. most of the time, uh, people start kind of looking at the world, looking at all the stuff they enjoyed leading up to that going, like, oh, that's awful. Why would we ever do that? And now it's like we've, I think society has, uh, has come to a point, a a particularly, uh, sour point for me in our navel gazing (laughs) that we've decided like, no, it's, you know, we're going to, you know, take, uh, parenting to a whole new micromanaging level, but we're going to do it about media. We're going to blame media. Sure. And you know what? I mean, there are so many, like, DC and Warner Brothers puts out so many iterations of these characters. I'm sorry. I can watch my my adult-oriented, you know, Harley Quinn thing where she has sex with Nightwing. By the way, that preview came out and it totally looks like she's having sex with Nightwing. <laughs> and I'm going to laugh and I'm going to enjoy it, even though it's going to make me uncomfortable. And it seems like a thing that might happen. And it seems like a thing that might happen. Um. Then again, you know, I'm probably going to show my nephew at some point Batman: The Brave and the Bold, and I'm going to be perfectly happy with that uh, that choice. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think they're just I think they're diversifying and making a lot of different things for a lot of different people, and not everyone is privy to all of those things. And maybe they should do a little more research if they're going to complain about it, because I think those characters are available for people of all ages.
1: Yes, I, I just think you have to look hard enough in a lot of ways. It it, it we're talking about.
2: And also the demographics are showing kids aren't buying comic books anyway, so it's us. Yeah, it really is us now. <laughs> um,
1: and we're we're talking about 75 plus years of kids continuity. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're watching Tomatoes and Oranges dancing on screen when they're three years old, and they're bringing the video up. Yeah. Like, it, we're, we're talking about 75 plus years of continuity. There are variations of any of that. I mean, it, find what works for you. I it's think, all out
2: there. I, I, I'm looking at it positively, though, because... You know, even when I was a kid, you had a notion among the adults, you know, the people who were our age at the time that said, you know, comic books are for kids. Well, no, they're for everyone. Or they, they are can now. be for
1: everyone. I mean, don't get me wrong. They weren't always for everyone. Like, they had they had a kiddie period. Like, they were they were originally for, like, a certain age. They kind of grew up as yeah. the medium went. But we've but, gotten to the point now where, like, it has grown to the point where you've got comic book properties and even comic books themselves that are for everybody yeah right? and including let's not, the older and then.
2: let's not forget though i mean you go back to the 70s and they were leaning heavily back into the like the late 70s they're leaning heavily back into like the where comic books started with like people actually just killing other people and, yeah uh which were way grittier in a lot of ways than uh, in some ways than what we have now uh the golden age um but you know in the 70s and in, back in the 30s and the 40s, certain things were okay that are not okay now because oh no the children. <laughs> so I mean, I i think a lot of things that were rougher back then are suddenly not acceptable now, and people are freaking out about it. Yeah, uh, which I don't understand. But um you know, sure, take some of the sexism out and the racism. That's all that stuff is good unless yeah. it's like a no. Story we should be moving on
1: from certain things. Absolutely, but you no.
2: Know. Um, <laughs> I think it's good. I mean,
1: the, certain things are a product of your, of your time, but like uh, the the idea that something is an adult content, uh, that should yeah. move on, to
2: Yeah. I think there are a lot of different platforms, a lot of different mediums. Yeah. All right, one DC property that should never be developed into film or television, Kamandi.
1: Yep, just going to second that. Kamandi.
2: <laughs> we got enough of him in the Brave and the Bold. Done. Why DC? What drew you to it over other shows and genres to make a podcast about it? We know a lot about it. We liked it more. We liked it more. You think? Yeah. Really I mean, good. I like it about as equal as I do other things, Star Trek and Buffy, and I mean, there's a lot more to it than a lot of those things.
1: Well, and at the time that we were thinking about doing this thing, uh, there was a lot more coming out about it. Mm-hmm. Like we, I mean, there's
2: there's more coming out now, but yeah,
1: like we we um were thinking
2: about it at the time when it was yeah. like, yeah, there's like a couple things. On, yeah, like on a lot the of the properties, or, a lot of the properties I love, there's just not a whole lot coming out about them.
1: Well, I mean, when we were
2: constantly got stuff
1: coming up. thinking about doing a show, it was like, oh, there's like a show named Arrow. And then we turned yeah. around. It was like, well, I guess we're going to cover Flash and Gotham. <laughs> yeah. It was. um Yeah. They kind mean, of expanded as we went. I mean, all we that stuff was
2: all that stuff was around. When we actually decided to pull the trigger. But, yeah, you know, it was just it seemed like a viable I was trying to make some sort of a business decision, and I was like, "Look, we talk specifically about all of these things all the time, all the time." So, that's
1: partly my fault. Like, I was always more fascinated with these characters than I was Marvel's characters.
2: I just love everything. I know, and like, and I,
1: I just uh, actually with the Marvel stuff to, like steer the conversation that way a lot. Yeah.
2: Well, what's funny is like the Marvel stuff. Like Matt had come to me a few years ago and wanting to do a Marvel show mm-hmm. with me, like a podcast, and. And we're talking about Marvel Cinematic Universe, like what he does with with Jeff Randall. And I was always kind of like, because I love Marvel, but specifically I read Spider-Man and (laughs) (laughs) X-Men. Like I enjoyed Avengers from time to time. Sure. But it wasn't like, and there was a point where I got like everything and I'm crazy. But, you know, I didn't grow up with that. That wasn't the mother's milk for me. Yeah. So, you know, but DC, like, I've been all up in that grill for a long time. No,
1: those are like my first memories yeah. of really enjoying something. I mean, yeah, I was a, I was a Spider-Man fan too when I was a kid, but it, yeah. it was here and there. And yeah, like the X-Men cartoon, mm-hmm. growing up. Oh,
2: absolutely. I was into it. But If we it, were doing a podcast about the X-Men movies, I think I'd probably have already quit it by now.
1: I, I would know what to do.
2: <laughs> I do enjoy DC. And, uh, you know, and then we just kept, I kept trying to get him into it. And then, uh, and then Matt kept going like, Hey, man, you guys should do a sister show or yeah. whatever. And I was like, Yeah, okay. And we kept hounding Jason. That's really all it was, man. That's I about mean, it. We love DC though. So we just really got there. Um, <laughs> what does DC mean to you? Detective comics.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Security blanket. What it's- is it?
2: The- <laughs> What is it about the superheroes that uh, about superheroes that appeal to you? I don't know if you mean the superheroes of the DC universe, but because it's different for different like for different superheroes, really. I mean, yeah. And DC has gotten better about this over the years. Admittedly, Marvel had more of a handle on the relatable characters, but I think when they kind of really started bringing Nightwing and and different characters in, like Teen Titans and stuff, like mm-hmm. they kind of just. I don't know. Whip the hell out of Spider Man on relatability as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, you no, know,
1: uh something and I'm 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 gonna get a lot of shit for generalizing as as I'm about to, but uh Marvel has done a better job at being more relatable and more socially conscious over the years. Somewhat, yeah. Uh DC's certainly done their share of it, but like mm-hmm. to me DC's had this kind of love, um it's like our times, you know, Greek or Norse or Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. Like it has this this godlike characteristic feel to it, and again, I'm gonna get a huge amount of backlash from people saying like, "Oh my god, these these Marvel people act like, like gods too." I fucking know, I understand. Yeah, like Legion's probably the most powerful thing that was ever put on paper. I get it, but <laughs> it it just overall you get like this the tone I get from DC Comics is, and one of the reasons I uh, I like it a lot is it has this. um it it feels like it's the gods of our time in a way. Mm-hmm. Like fictionally, it's the gods of our time, and I really love being able to tell stories about you know, like the, the the great extent of what could happen to you know, possible humanities and possible yeah. universes.
2: And speaking of that, I really like the DC thing that they do, and they don't really. I don't feel like they touch on it a lot in Marvel. They kind of do with mutants and humans, mm-hmm. but I really like the idea that like you know you have aliens and gods dealing with humans. Like you have the like, the like the ground based vigilantes that De- Detective Comics was. The name can't, the name literally comes from, yeah. Um, and you have them like coping with these gods. That's, I think that's one of the reasons I like Batman v Superman so much because it actually tackled that yeah like marvel you got the avengers and people are like oh no things are falling and stuff but then like the next movie they were like yeah there are aliens but we still gotta go to work and stuff <laughs> like we got nothing to say about it you know the girl from growing pains was saved by captain america she seemed pretty happy with it but you know <laughs> batman v superman they actually whether they failed or not they at least attempted to really get into the meat politically with what Was going and yeah, you had like the governments who were like against the Avengers a little bit, but then they were all Hydra. So who cares? It was like they had an ulterior motive. It was 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 a very terrestrial
1: set of politics, though.
2: Yeah, with with Marvel, a lot of and
1: again, I know there, I know (laughs) there are variations on all these, but I'm just saying, like with with X Men in particular, I guess it was a lot of terrestrial Mm battles and. That was for the good. Like that mm-hmm. was there were there was a, a ton of great work there done to like the 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 battle for integration, like it, mm-hmm. it like it, the the battle for equal rights. That was fault among like it, just this set of stupid fucking books that we could all pick up for ten cents. Fantastic, mm-hmm. but it I I mean I as much as I love that, also I really love the idea of like tackling the gods too, like, yeah. and, and that that part. You know, being a kid that was born like in 1984, that part affected me more.
2: And that, you know, that's you know, when I was a kid, I hated Superman. Yeah, like I kind of liked him, but I, I loved was him. Heavily swayed to not like him. Loved him all right. But um, you know, as I got older, I was like, you know what? You know, I like the the notion when they actually dig in and say you know he was he is human you he, he is he was you know in as much as emotionally he was raised as a human on a farm but now he's he's, he's like how would a human being handle having god powers like yeah. godlike powers like how how do you justify going to sleep at night yes how are you not in africa feeding people how are you not like why are you
1: eating right now yeah
2: like <laughs> <laughs> you know why are you sticking at the lowest? There's no reason seriously, for to like it every to
1: time you you stop, someone dies. Yeah, that's this um, amazing like uh, eternal quandary that I uh, that I've always loved Superman for having to face is is every single time you you rest, someone yeah. dies.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, uh, I, the never ending battle. I enjoy you know? the hell out of some DC stuff, man. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I Really do no um, where do we leave off i don't even know oh best pitch for a dc comedy all right we talked about this before we did can i all right, can i go ahead and pitch a few a few yeah okay <laughs> we
1: we we pitched a couple so uh, one of the ideas was um just the idea of a dc retirement home uh huh where just you it, the older characters just well i mean eventually you just get too old you get caught up in a home you go to right. I guess either the Argus or Cadmus base
2: yeah like my my thought was like the one with the heroes is like a secret Cadmus base where yeah. they're like secretly well not even secretly but they're cloning Superman and Batman that's why they never age you just their younger versions just go out and yeah. fight crime
1: the clones just go out like if right. they die you just clone them again
2: and then like the old versions of the characters are all kind of like hanging out in the nursing home like pissed they're like ah, mm-hmm. I would've never gone that dark well yeah. what's that Batman killing that guy yeah. for you know like it'd an annual
1: a, softball game, where you're like, oh, my guy's gonna get you.
2: Yeah, it'd you know? be a little bit like Superboy and like Golden Age Superman, like in the, like the bubble, like looking down at you know the current continuity, and be like, that oh, yeah. yeah, ain't right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then like there'd be like the Argus um, retirement home with like the Suicide Squad, and they'd have like softball tournaments and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, it's a dumb idea, but I
1: thought I, it, was oh, it was it was a dumb idea. But uh, we had we had that idea. We had um, uh, the idea of like. What if Arkham Asylum actually worked?
2: <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. And it I, would be like Frasier. It would
1: be like Frazier, where like Joker ran the, the the radio show as Frasier, and he gave off you know he just gave off like uh, you know basic psychological advice like Frasier used to do. Like yeah, you he had like call a creeper calling people, in. creeper calling in. I just don't know. Like, I
2: just I, I put on the boa again last night. Creeper. I'm just sitting outside someone's the window. The Look,
1: look, look at the window. Alright, now look at the sky. Look at the sky and wonder, is this what I'm supposed to be doing right now? You know, like, the idea would be like, that, that like, once you got out of, uh, Arkham Asylum, like, it Mm -hmm. actually worked. Yeah. And you got out of there and were like, my god, I'm so glad Batman caught me. I was completely doing the wrong thing with my life. So you'd have this wonderful, like, string of, of uh, side guests who'd come in every now and then, and, like, Bane would come in and talk about substance abuse. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, Scarecrow would come in and talk about phobias and how to overcome them, uh, come him, and, like, um, mm. uh, shit, like, uh, Two-Face would come in and talk about, you know, schizophrenia. Yeah. <laughs> Riddler really would of... talk about OCD, I guess.
2: Now, my, contri- my contribution to it was, uh, like, the whole comedy bit of it was mainly the fact that each one of them... Kind of screws up from na- from
1: yeah from time to time. That'd be the idea. Like every so, now and like, then, you like know,
2: Batman and Superman are gonna come over to the Joker's house, and he's like, he comes home and there's a dead body. He's like, ah, and he's like hacking up the pieces and trying to hide them, like Niles would try to figure out how to hide a burnt souffle, yes, before the party guests arrive.
1: Yeah. because <laughs> like this version of of Niles is Riddler, and he's in love with Harley Quinn, who's who's by the way the expert on codependency on domestic
2: violence. Mm-hmm. Of course she's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, oh, and I, I seriously think that Superman should be talking to the Joker. Like, the Joker is Superman's therapist. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No.
1: But here, here would be the fun part. Is like Superman would be. Superman would be there, but he would be like super dubious about the entire thing
2: like batman would come in every now and and be like
1: this is fantastic i can't believe this is all
2: working and they just made him an honor an honorary honorary psychiatrist because he's super sane
1: yeah yeah this this is fantastic i'm so glad everyone's okay and then every now and then clark would look at him like seriously you're believing that yeah like you're you're buying this man (laughs) (laughs) but wouldn't do anything because he was trusting
2: yeah i think it's i think it's pretty solid I liked the uh, Ambush Bug uh, late night talk show idea.
1: Ambush Bug late night talk show was pretty solid. Yeah, just uh, you, yeah, like you you talk to every character as though it was an actor. Like Batman would come on and talk
2: about his new role and like
1: yeah. So how do you feel about Rebirth with you finding the uh, the Watchman button? Like what, what do you, what do you mean, think,
2: man? I didn't I see know. that one coming. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, but you know. It's a little bit nicer than, you know, Athlete killing everybody, which is, you know, not really completely me, but, you know, I favor Kevin Conroy.
1: So, Kevin, you've talked to Kevin Conroy about this? Oh, yeah.
2: Or? Kevin Conroy is like, I don't know, we're good. So, you're on this. the same
1: page? Absolutely. You're about the killing people?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I guess, like... Have you talked in, to Snyder about the killing people? Back in the early or? days, I was kind of like, I kind of... Okay, I was on a murdering spree, but... <laughs> you know I don't, i'm kind of ashamed of those days
1: sure yeah. sure like we all have grits.
2: but like uh, you, know, you
1: talked to snyder recently about about like killing people uh, or?
2: zach or scott
1: oh zach yeah
2: oh okay yeah well he claims he has a plan so i guess i'm just gonna just gonna roll with that
1: i don't know have you seen you've seen the new justice league trailer how do you feel you come across there
2: i don't know Aqu- aquaman was a little weird a little weird he doesn't sound like that in real life Definitely. oh he sounds a little what is it he's a little more british a little more british. okay it's kind of weird yeah. i don't understand
1: yeah i can understand yeah
2: but uh yeah i mean i don't know Affleck's chin <laughs> pretty like solid right it's got it's good yeah. stuff. it's good representation i feel about Affleck's chin kind of like i felt like conroy's voice see yeah. right voice is a lot better than my voice you
1: know so. well yeah well, one wonder one. yeah you feel pretty good anyway your next guest is abracadabra he's gonna be uh performing <laughs> some uh magic we're gonna close the show with uh lobo's uh band what's the name of lobo's band what was that, uh, metal shaved head? No? No?
2: I I think he changed it to Piss Throat 3000.
1: Piss Throat 3000. Okay, yeah, I knew there was yeah. a change recently. I couldn't decide. He he doesn't really stick to anything for no. too long.
2: I mean, we can't show you right now, but he's just over there giving us the finger. He Honestly, I'm not
1: sure if he's going to actually show up today or just kill half our audience.
2: <laughs> he's right over there giving us the finger. What are you talking about, Ambush Buck?
1: But any of that could still happen. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, that's right. You see outside of time. Okay. Yeah.
1: Next question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we went on with that too long. <laughs> um, let me see. Oh, we got to turn the page. Uh, if DC was in the Star Trek universe, who would be the bridge crew? I have no idea. No idea. kind of feel like um, Booster would be Captain Kirk. It'd be fun. And uh, maybe Manhunter would be in sick bay. I don't know. I feel like Batman should be Spock, though.
1: Yeah, I could do with that. Man, Harold, we, Spock? Yeah, I could do with that, too. But I, I really, I couldn't defend anything in that Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I couldn't fill that <laughs> roster out completely. <laughs> Just couldn't do
2: it. Have you watched a TV show or a movie that was so bad that you feel you wasted those minutes of your life that it literally sucked the life from you and left you a lesser person because of how bad it was? Dreamcatcher. Um, the Stephen King adaptation was pretty bad. Um That's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, The contract with uh, Morgan Freeman and John Cusack was pretty atrocious. Quest for Uh, Peace. Quest for Peace is at least fun on some level for me. So probably not that, but...
1: Smallville Season (laughs) 2. And 5.
2: Arrow Season (laughs) 4. Or 2. I don't know. I really don't know legends of tomorrow <laughs> period <laughs> No.
1: legends of tomorrow the last episode
2: the last episode definitely um yeah i don't know there's plenty of bad stuff out there that i've seen uh ugh, there's a lot of it just yeah moving on what podcast would you do if you didn't do the dc one you got one i mean is this a joint effort i've got several podcasts that i still want to get to do go
1: for it i got i got a couple go i for mean it. i'm not even talking
2: about them like I kinda oh, you, you I kinda, gonna wait on that one? Uh, maybe. I I've got a couple of ideas brewing. Like more than a couple of ideas brewing. Like one
1: I think I would just do a show called Binge It. Mm-hmm. Um, where I would just kinda like review T V shows that I was able to binge as I got around to them.
2: Okay. You know what? Screw it. I guess I'll say I really want to do a like a, a sort of a, a podcast where I interview famous people, but mm-hmm. not at all talk about anything they're famous for. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to talk to famous <laughs> politicians and talk about what their favorite TV shows are, or like their favorite book.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um so. Just the one book too. Like,
2: yeah, whatever. I mean, like I'll, I, you know,
1: is <laughs> it Good Night Moon? We're gonna talk about Good Night Moon for an hour and a half.
2: Yeah, or just you know, just you know, I don't, I, I don't know what I would call it. Uh, but it would just, I want to talk to people about things that they enjoy and things that they do outside of what they actually do, what they're best known for. So, you know, maybe have Keith Richards on and just, you know, I don't know, talk about Game of Thrones or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it'd be cool. And there are several other ones. I'd, I would love to do a Star Trek Discovery podcast. I mean, I can think about a few properties, but like, really, I would just do like a show where I'd just. Like, if I had
1: it at my leisure, I would just do one where I watched a show, like, binge the crap out of a show Mm -hmm. and went, All right, I'll just watch the crap out of this. This is, Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk
2: about it for a little while. And you know what? I totally, I I totally just want to, and I don't, I'm, I'm, no one would ever listen to it, really, but I want to have a show where I just talk to my friends (laughs) about random (laughs) things. Just like, you know. That's always fun. It's like, well, that was our three hour episode of our friend Brandon complaining about politicians. Yep. Tune in next week when, me and my friend Byron talk about dad ass. <laughs> I don't know. I got a friend coming next, coming next week to give you about two and
1: a half hours on the Federal Reserve.
2: Seriously, my friend, me and my friend Byron, I had a talk. I, he just told me he's like, "Man, I'm off tomorrow," and I'm like, "What does that mean?" He's like, "Well, I stay in a hotel because my house is being renovated." I was like, mm-hmm. "All right." He's like, "I'm going to." He's like, "Man, I got to doo doo so bad right now." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> well, then go home and doo doo, man." I don't really tell you. And he's like, nah, man, let's go to Walmart. We're going to get some food. Man, I'm going to buy so much food because I'm going to eat it all. And then tomorrow I'm off. So you know what that means. I'm like, no, what does that mean? He's like, man, in the hotel room, I can just play video games and watch TV from the bathroom. I'm going to spend all day on the toilet. He's like, why is that a positive? He's what is like, happening? He's like, man, I'm going to put ice in the tub. Man, all my drinks, my beer, my my Cokes and everything's going to be in the tub. I'm going to be like sitting right there on the toilet with my food and my drinks and I got my controller and I don't know what's happening. Like why are we <laughs> That I, is I feel like there should be a podcast though. That is literally a less believable character.
1: All right, all, right, all right, for anyone who remembers Scrubs, when Tom Cavanaugh, Zach Braff's brother, is is like morning, uh he he spends the entire uh morning process in the bathtub. Like like, playing with a rubber ducky and yeah. wondering which beer is full of soapy water and which beer is full of beer. Uh-huh. You've actually found a less credible character Yeah. than Tom Cavanaugh. I know. At his weirdest. I know. What the damn
2: hell. Uh, Byron's a funny dude, man. I, <laughs> I don't, I really don't know how much of that, because, like, he'll say stuff like that, and I'll make joke about it later, and he's like, you didn't actually believe that, did you? I'm like, yes, you were certain. Like, you, you just you kept insisting. I mean, I,
1: I some so. part of me thinks, oh, dear God, no. <laughs> and some part of me thinks, go, man, go.
2: I mean... Like,
1: if that's your dream, live it. I guess. It so, seems like cool. a simple, you know...
2: My, my point is, I feel like I have... It won't hurt
1: anybody else to rent a hotel room and do that. Go, man, if that's your dream, I just my, do it. My,
2: my point is, I think I have colorful enough friends that... You know, spending an hour with them on a podcast, any of them, yourself included, uh, would not be the worst way to spend an hour.
1: Well, you've hung out on the phone with me for at least 45 minutes overall, so.
2: (laughs) The first episode would be with you just to transition from DC on screen to the audience that's (laughs) following.
1: Just be like an hour of you asking me fucked up questions.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, that would be if, like, Brandon was the host. Like, our friend Brandon just, like, he'll just get on the phone with you and he's like, so, what would you do if you, like, woke up and you had two penises? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, Brandon. What about if you were a millionaire and you had two penises? I don't know, Brandon. Yeah. Usually, most of this question has to do with the lottery, though. Like, what would you do if you were, like, won the lottery? I'm like, yeah, I already told you what I'd do if I won the lottery. Yeah. What if you could only spend, like, a small percentage on it? Uh, you can only have, like, a little bit of it at a time. Like, that's how the lottery works. Well, yeah, but what if you could only have that much, but you could only spend it on a certain type of grocery? Like, what, is, what is the point of this question? I love Brandon.
1: Like, beef, motherfucker. Beef. Beef. <laughs> what is the point of this question? <laughs>
2: I love Brandon. He's in some of our videos.
1: He's fantastic, in the...
2: Just, oh my gosh. Um... <laughs> So, Stephen Chipperson, Dr. Steve, says, do you think they can do Green Lantern justice without making him look stupid? <laughs> I don't think they, they didn't think they make it, made him look stupid in the movie they did in 2011, honestly. If that's a reference, no, I don't think that He balance. looked a little cgi would but.
1: It's famous, infamously CGI. Mm-hmm.
2: I just, uh, I, I mean, they just, I mean, if anybody could do it, it would be Snyder, but, I mean, everyone's kind of hollering at Snyder, because apparently, screw him, whatever. Yeah. Um. I don't know I you know what I would you know honestly the person I would like to see I can't remember his stupid name now it's always in my head and I can never remember it. now when I'm on the air the guy that did fifth element the guy that's doing valerian have you seen the the trailer for valerian Mm-mm. um like a space opera movie it looks crazy but he's he, he's really good at doing like with crazy creatures I can't remember his name but um he's a french guy he's fantastic I think he could make Green Lantern look great. I think that would be a really cool idea. Much better than David Goyer. Much better than Than David David Goyer. Goyer. (laughs) So, yes. I I would
1: like to think of uh, that question in response to without making him look stupid being, yes, the synopses we've heard so far make him feel stupid.
2: On his face, I don't feel like, you know, a dude that has a power ring that can make shit happen. I don't feel like that's stupid necessarily. It's. it's, I mean, it's as stupid as a man dressed as a bat running around flapping around Gotham.
1: But it's also, it's just like, it's...
2: It's as stupid as a man in a red leotard running around making lightning. It's the most powerful weapon in the universe. It is the most powerful weapon in the universe. And he's supposed to be the the
1: best wielder of said weapon. Right. It's it's, it's Stupid isn't supposed to enter into it.
2: Yeah. Except Guy Gardner's haircut. Uh, Sure. Or the point where he's like, you know... Yeah, back in the 70s, they were all really obsessed with, like, boxing gloves. Like, Green Arrow had to have a boxing glove arrow. and Oh, that was Al all hilarious. And just, like, punch people with a big That was glove. fantastic.
1: <laughs> How um, was it not funny to punch someone out with a giant boxing glove? I don't
2: know. I, I would
1: do it. I would do the hell out of that. I would literally, like, create a giant kangaroo and have him pop him with his foot. Yeah. And laugh my ass off. Yeah. as I put little green handcuffs on the guy. Yeah, flew him back to his <laughs> still be laughing. I had a kangaroo kick him. I had a kangaroo kick.
2: Yeah, or a giant mouse if you're Sylvester the cat. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think there's definitely a way to do it. Uh, justice. I mean, he's gotta take it seriously and know what to do. Do as much practical as you can. Yeah. Do as much practical as you can. It's
1: probably the way to go. Yeah. <sighs>
2: All right, so um, <laughs> Paul Klotz of the Giant Size Team Up Network, and referencing epic boss McFaul, Charles McFaul. What up, the, Charles? How exhausting is it to provide Charles McFall with literally all of his thoughts? How much does he pay you for his opinions?
3: <laughs> Zero?
2: <laughs> we just do our show. Charles is a grown-ass man. He can choose to just, I don't know... Man is opinions a, all he the wants. man is <laughs> a
1: qualified paramedic. If his thoughts were in trouble, he could literally save his own thoughts.
2: That's fair. Then again, I kind of want to be paid for this service. Right? Anyway. Um, Chris Wisdom, also of the Giant Size Team Up Network, uh, says, Real talk. The schism that the DCEU products have created in the fandom, justified or just insatiable nerd rage, are the fans that like them undiscerning yes-men, Are those that don't like them inconsolable fan babies, or is there a middle ground that allows for a more nuanced answer? I feel like the number (laughs) the number three is the answer, but you don't hear or see much of that on the webs. You do if you listen to our show. I I think you do. Because I think that's kind of where we always fall. Like, I think there are a lot of, like I said, like I've said, I think there are a lot of critics who are just kind of coming of age now, and they started their whole superhero journey with Marvel, so... They're kind of predisposed to hate anything that's not Marvel. Yep. I also think that the other DC fans have, um, all these different iterations of the DC characters that they want to see on the screen. And they're not necessarily getting that because there are new creators who are coming in and interpreting those characters the way they feel like they, they need to be interpreted. And that's having, that's pissing people off, you know? Um, I think it's a lot of different things. I think some of it is the fan babies just, you know, not having an imagination and uh, not wanting to see different versions of these characters. Um, I mean, but as, and I used to be more on that line of being pissed off that they're not doing what I wanted them to do. But that's not fair. And honestly, uh I mean, now, I mean, when we get to the point of, like, how the movies aren't being edited well and, like, Warner Brothers is, like, forcing them to do complete scripts in six weeks and then having trailer companies come in and edit your entire movie. That's horseshit and shouldn't happen ever. And, um, I think they're, they're trying to play catch up and I think that was screwing them over and hopefully they're over that phase. God, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, I'm trying to be pragmatic about the whole thing and look at it from a distance and say, well, you know, the first three Marvel movies weren't great. I mean, Iron Man was pretty good. Iron was Man was fantastic. Pretty great, yeah. Iron Man Two was divisive. Not great. Incredible Hulk, more than divisive. <laughs> so much so they recast the dude. Um, well, that's probably not the only reason, but <laughs> Ed Norton's kind of a dick, I hear. No, but like uh, as uh, the
1: current continuity as you as you have it, it's um, it, it pick any intellectual property, and you have a certain percentage of people that live in this. Uh, out of 100%, say it's 20% mm-hmm. of these people that expect one quality out of that person. Yeah. Well, if they don't get that, they're out.
2: Yeah, you know, I...
1: There, there's just a certain amount of expectations that are, like, hidden inside this box that we don't we don't even necessarily realize that that is a thing that we're expecting until we see it mm-hmm. and it's not fulfilled. Yeah. And then you see it and go, oh, this was bullshit.
2: Now, my, my biggest issue is... You know, especially when you like look back at Man of Steel, I'm like, well, why would you do that with Paul Kent? Because to me, like, I think like, if you look at any continuity and you go, why would you give up a better play for something that doesn't resonate nearly as much? Like if it plays and it plays well and you can't think of a better thing, keep the old thing. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of creators are just like, nope, we're doing a different thing. This is going to be my thing. I don't care if it's better or not. <laughs> um, and I feel like some of that happened on Man of Steel. Um, Probably, yeah. I feel like some of that happened with Batman v Superman, and definitely some of that happened with Suicide Squad. I'm not willing to throw it all out yet, Um, because you know, ultimately, even even though it pains me, it just digs at my soul. Even with the Nolan Batman films, I'm gonna have to just go ahead and bite my lip and take the stance that Grant Morrison has: every version is valid. <laughs> And, know. Uh, you know, it's something in between. It really is, guys. It's, I think it is. There's a lot of issues and a lot of different versions that we talked about earlier for kids and for all these different people. And, yeah. You know. There's lots of love. There's lots of hate. And sometimes there's a, there's, since there's a lot to love. Lot there's a lot to lot leave to behind.
1: Hate. There's a lot to clutch onto. <laughs> like, it's just.
2: And it all depends. Like, certain, you know, for years they wouldn't do uh, spittle it because we're like, that's dumb. That might's dumb. Fifth Dimension's dumb. And now we're just, you know. Suddenly he's there. Let's do this. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. uh, Franco Curia on Facebook says, TV-related, which series are you enjoying the most this season? Just curious. Arrow. 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 Easy. Uh, DCEU-related, do you think the current universe will make it past the 10-year mark? I don't see how it can't. (laughs) No, no.
1: Money begets money begets money, man.
2: I mean... They've done three films. They, they're already bringing in, like, they're trying to bring in Whedon with a Bat Girl, and they're always already bringing in the solo Nightwing. And
1: they've profited nearly a Shazams. billion dollars on what's happening right now. They're fine. The money will keep coming back. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, there's no way it doesn't reach the ten year mark. Um, Brentack, Brent Clark, over at the DC TV Squadcast says, "What's your favorite MCU movie?" Um, Winter Soldier. Really tough call. I would say Winter Soldier or Guardians. Of the galaxy, God, I might say Guardians. Mm. Favorite, say Guardian. yeah. favorite of the X Men movie. I, that's like by four percent.
1: Yeah, like four <laughs> percent. Those those are both probably my favorite.
2: Uh, favorite of the X Men movie is going to be Logan or Deadpool, just and for completely different reasons. It's a tie. I can't. I might go Logan just because it's supposedly the last Jackman.
1: No, I like out of X Men movies, Logan hands down. If you say like, what's my favorite movie that an X Men appeared in? Right. It's Deadpool. it's Deadpool. Yeah. That's yeah.
2: a good that's a good way to do it. Yeah. All right, guys. We only got a few more questions left. Randall Smith says, "What mature DC material would you most like to see produced for streaming services?" Um, I would want to go HBO, not really streaming necessarily, and I would want to go with um I mean, obviously the one I want most is my big like 10 to 12 year Batman epic, yeah, that just goes into like from, you know, year 1 to batman beyond you know i want to like the last thing is going to be i want bruce mangled and old and tired in his chair and watching terry fly off as batman that would be the last call um but if it wasn't batman i don't know lobo or um you know uh i don't know i really want that batman i would love to see a like a hard-boiled superman but i don't think People would like that, apparently. <laughs> Look at Man of Steel. I, it,
1: apparently, yeah, that wouldn't go over. Um, uh, Bloodhaven has always gotten less credit than it deserves, mm, as far as being a, okay. a piece of shit town. Right. So, like a yeah, like an actual Nightwing special yeah. with... Um,
2: In some instances, it's been referred to as Gotham's ugly sister. Seriously, you know? it, it's always referred to, really, <laughs> as mm-hmm.
1: the thing Gotham doesn't want to be.
2: Yeah, so... I would I would be down with a lot of dark mature things. Yeah. Um
1: you could get some uh steamy scenes with Starfire, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh Tuber Screw over email says you guys have mentioned stand up comedy a few times. Who are your favorite comedians? You wanna go first? Uh I'll let you go first.
1: Bill Hicks. Outright. Done, period. Um I'm gonna still your favorite probably Louis C. K. Yeah. Um Christopher Titus, Kristen Finnegan, um, Todd Berry, Liza Schlesinger, um, Jesus, I, I feel like I could keep going on. Steven Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, God, name some people. Mitch Hedberg. Oh, fuck yes.
2: Love Mitch Hedberg. Uh, again, yeah, he was he was on point. Louis C.K. is, at, at the moment, my favorite stand-up. Uh, he has been Man for several years. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> he has been for several years. But with Louis, my fascination with him goes further further because he's also a really brilliant writer and director. He's, yeah. Home. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's a like, Bill Hicks to me is guy. like this
1: this iconic figure, but like mm-hmm. Louis C.K. is right below him for me, really is.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm um, really loving Dave Chappelle's comeback. Oh, God, Dave Chappelle. Really enjoying yeah. that. Um, you know, I... Uh,
1: He's always been good. I mean, there there's not been like a lapse in Dave Chappelle's stand up routine. Yeah.
2: Sadly I would have said Bill Cosby just a few scant years ago, but now it's just uh, It doesn't
1: mean his stand up wasn't good. Stand up was a on piece point of shit now.
2: Like stand up was on point, even the uh you know, goody good. Same time like, Richard Pryor, like uh,
1: Richard Pryor. Hilarious. Yeah, Richard it Pryor Richard he was always good. It's just that suddenly he was a drug guy that yeah. was
2: also really fucking good. Richard Pryor somewhat falls into the same category as George Carlin does with me. Yeah. Where it was like really brilliant stuff. Yeah. And then it became a thing of like, well I'm gonna be do about 15-20 minutes of really brilliant comedy and then like really bum you the hell out with talk about <laughs> different, you know <laughs> Like, I don't want to hear about philosophy and how mankind is screwed or oh, about your I, drug I habit. Oh, you know. I do love that stuff. You but. know, it, so, I mean, it's interesting, but it's, uh, you know, again, and I'm like, I'm uh, starting to feel like Louie's kind of popping over to that. No, bit no, sometimes. like, I'm fine. But,
1: like, Lena Bruce was um, the origin <laughs> story for me for, for stand-up um, comics.
2: But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love stand-up comedy uh Norm McDonald, like if I had to oh my two, God if I had to choose two norm is so good if I had to choose two of all time, it would be Lou uh, so far right now Louis and norm. Louis and Norm, yeah, that's fair Louie and Norm uh yeah, uh like a lot of the old uh you know I even you know sue me I even enjoyed Dennis Miller from time to time um he's pretty good, he's funny, you know people are like yeah he does he changed his <laughs> political views. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: You're supposed to. Yeah, things change. You're supposed to change your views. And
2: if you know anyone was willing to get their head out of their ass for a second, stop being angry over him changing his mind about some things. And you ever listened to his old radio show? He was actually really just like fence rider. Yeah, like, he was. Yeah, he's on Bill O'Reilly, but you know, I don't think he cares. Oh, I'm, forgetting Maron,
1: I'm forgetting Mark Marin, by the way. Mark Marin is fine. He's
2: God great, damn, yeah. I love Mark Marin. I I enjoy him more of an as an interviewer. And podcast personality that no, do I really love the I really love his stand up. Yeah, it's it's solid. I'll give him that. It's solid. I do enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it like one of my favorite bits of him is uh him saying like I feel like I feel like people don't so much enjoy uh or, how does he put it? I, I feel like people don't like enjoy listening to me. They they mostly leave wondering if I'm okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Um, he is, he's a funny guy. He's a very funny guy. It's a solid um, bit. Man, I do like right. Christopher Titus. You mentioned it. Stephen Wright. I love Stephen Wright. Yeah. Uh, he was my favorite comic for God, Patton probably Oswald. 10, 15 years. Patton, Patton, Patton Oswalt. Oswald.
1: <sighs> Jesus Christ, man. Patton Oswalt.
2: <sighs> yeah. There's a lot of good ones. Uh, I enjoy a lot of them. I literally Sarah can't Silverman.
1: remember. Oh, God, yes. Whitney Cummings, even. I, yeah. I, like, I can't remember yeah. enough comics to actually fill that out.
2: Yeah. One who's not on my list, Bruce Bruce. I don't know him. <laughs> don't. His catchphrase is, Tell your mama I said thank you. Oh, Jesus. It's bad.
1: That sounds terrible. It's bad. All right. I told yeah. you about the guy named, uh, was it Big Jim Okerson? <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, Tom Papa. He's really good. I feel like that relates to what I was saying. What What are you saying? Tom Papa. All right. So, Big Jim Okerson. <laughs> I sat there and listened to him. Uh, 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 this guy did an entire. Um, like an entire CD, I think I I hope I got the name right. Um an entire C D where like it was uh it was just crowd work. And I, I swear all he did for the entire C D was talk about people's genitals and the actual crowd.
2: Didn't Louis produce something for Todd Berry that was like that? Yes. And it was just a crowd work?
1: Yes. He did a crowd work album. It yeah. was fantastic.
2: Okay. Yeah. I still haven't gotten around to that. No, it's good. I'm not as big on Todd Berry as you are.
1: Yeah, uh, Todd Berry's good.
2: Also not as big as on Dave Barry as some people are. I don't know yeah. I do enjoy Dave Barry though. I don't know him. Give Dave Barry a whirl. I'm on it. More of just a humorist. I don't know if he's actually been a stand up. Anyway, can't know everybody. <laughs> There's a little bit of that. Uh, um, my girlfriend Bethany says, What is your take on Marvel vs DC people or Star Trek versus Star Wars people or those their ilk? Why do you think they have to despise one to love the other? Bollocks. <laughs> what does that mean? What do you mean? That's really it. Bollocks. Like, it, there, there's
1: no need to despise.
2: I know. I mean, I, I think it's ridiculous. I like some Star Wars and most Star Trek. I, I'm I, looking I, at you, Voyager. I... <laughs> you know where you sit with me, piece of crap. I mean,
1: <laughs> we, we love DC and Marvel, and, and oh, God help you, you, you know way more about. The, the Star Treks.
2: I know a lot. I know, I know a huge amount the Star about Star
1: Tricks, Wars than I do.
2: I know a lot about Star Wars too. Star Wars. Sure. I don't even know why. Sure. I really. I. I completely don't know why I know so much about Star Wars. I don't really care about it.
1: Um. And I just. I. I've never understood why there there has to be a battle. I don't either. I just haven't understood that in general though. It like for me, it's like, um, why different sports have to have yeah. uh you know like why does a baseball fan have to resent a football fan
2: yeah like we were talking earlier about Marvel and DC and their differences I go to I go to each of those things I go to Marvel and DC for different things yeah and I would go to Mar- I would go to Marvel and DC I already said that mm-hmm. I would go to DC Sorry. god what is wrong with me Star Trek and you'll Star get this World. together I will go to Star I Trek I believe in and- you Shut up. I would go to Star Trek and Star, Star Wars for different things as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me is like being like, which one do you like, X-Files or Fringe? Well, X-Files, but that's not the point. You know what? X-Files <laughs> never did like multiverse, you know? Yeah. But at Fringe time, at least took
1: some chances. They were a piece of shit when they did it, but they took some chances.
2: Yeah, at the same time, X-Files is twice as long as Fringe and ended about as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what are we going to do? <laughs> We just admit to ourselves that X-Files should have had a multiverses and Walter should have been on X-Files. I think that's what you know, I don't think that helped the question all Alternate at all. shouldn't have. Walternet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Folivia, Yeah. Fulivia. With her insidious Vagenda. Seriously,
1: those were the three best things that that entire show came up with. Mm-hmm. Walternet, Folivia, and Vagenda.
2: Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, there's that. We got a couple more questions from Jonathan Lynette. Um, he says, um, John Schnepp from Collider, who we do not trust. <laughs> like, seriously, like, this is going to be kind of a fun question to answer, but this dude is always full of shit. So, Great. You know, screw him. All right. Um, had a theory that plan B of the DCEU is a soft reboot. Having the Flash makes it very possible, i.e. Flashpoint. Uh, basis of the theory is the Flash movie is getting a rewrite. Affleck may be out of the... Uh, Batman after Justice League, the announcement of a Nightwing movie to replace Affleck, and the report that Matthew Vaughn is going to do a soft reboot of Superman and Man of Steel too. What do you guys think? I don't think there's any indication that any of that's true. The only people, the only person I know of that has said this is John Schnepp. Seriously,
1: cute, tenuous at best. Yeah, I mean, that's they could all I do got. it.
2: They could do it if Affleck really wants out. They could bring in a Nightwing.
1: All of that could hang together. Sure, but I just mean, tenuous
2: just, at best. It's not like a huge, like world ending theory it's just a hey you know what that thing we were going to do 15 years from now why don't we just do it now yeah i mean maybe sure they didn't uh, i haven't seen anything that says a nothing of substance that says that this is going to be a reboot of no, this dude just is a, just a thing uh, renowned proposed. for being kind of a you know dick wad when it comes to the dceu <laughs> he just says stuff to get clicks man that's what he does uh he says a follow-up question is if Affleck is out as the Batman after Justice League and Matt Reeves wants to do a trilogy, how should WB ride out Affleck, recast or does he pass on the cowl? I'd probably rather him t- pass on the cowl. Yeah. I don't really want to do re I don't I don't like re- recasts.
1: No. Always no.
2: And he says thanks for the opportunity for the fans to ask questions. It's really cool you guys are taking the time. Always a pleasure. I think he was the only one who thanked us for taking the time. Oh, it's a good man. Yeah. <laughs> And i think that's it i think that's all of our questions i don't know of any others
1: all right i'm good with it
2: <clears throat> you good with it yeah It's us it is called you good get the hell out guys we are dc on screen you can find every episode at dc on com. it's been a lot of fun talking to you guys and hanging with you and we'll do another q a someday and uh you know uh
1: we're always available for q a's i mean
2: yeah i mean you guys can contact us anytime dc on screen one word twitter facebook instagram we're everywhere uh, DC on screen at gmail.com. We're looking to expand where we are and uh, we'll be slowly doing that over the course of the next several uh, decades. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we love you Such guys. Such hope. Yeah. Such I know. hope for the preview. We got to last at least as long as the DCEU, right? Right. Um, probably members of the giant size team up network, giant size team com. Thank you guys for all of your questions and uh, we love you for listening. And we hope you, we haven't scared you off there. And, I mean, you know, I'm a little surprised that no one asked us what our favorite book was, our actual novel or anything. On the road. Sirens of Titan by Kurt Vonnegut. There you go. You have that one now, too. That's a bonus. For those people who don't dun, just dun, dun, click dun. off of the thing because we're doing our rote call to action.
1: Yeah. Like, oh,
2: call to action. And then they're like sitting there like, oh, I wonder what their favorite book was. They should have said that.
1: Yeah, we nailed that, too.
2: Yeah, screw you guys. You didn't hear me say that, so you're not offended because you already clicked off the episode. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Next time, we're going to be coming back with an episode of the DC EU News. I'm sure a lot of clickbait happened, and a lot of people did some stuff and talked some stuff, and Jason Momoa played with himself. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And um, We'll talk about that later. Until next time, guys. Keep some DC on your screen.